so excited. Time is now 2.35. Let's turn to the final part of uh, the one two three show, which I'm really excited about. Uh, it's time for Trash Talk. And this week on Trash Talk, a Senior Manager of Sustainable Development of Swire Properties, Patrick Ho, talks to Marcy Trentlong about how takeaway uh, c- culture has impacted the waste landscape in Hong Kong. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, you know, there are some bad habits that we picked up during the pandemic. As many of you know, one of those was increasing amounts of takeout food due to restriction measures and dining bans. In the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at how COVID has changed behavior in Hong Kong and how it impacted the waste landscape here. And today we're going to look specifically at takeouts. We've a trash talk friend to co-host with me today, Cosmo Lowe. Yep. Hey, Cosmo. Hi, it's my pleasure to join. He's the Circular Economy Senior Manager at Sustainable Office Solutions. And adding to our fun discussion today, we also have Senior Manager of Sustainable Development at Swire Properties, Patrick Ho. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hi, Marcy and Cosmo. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, let's start with um, let, let's hope we're we're in the last of it here with a pandemic. Cross fingers. And so, looking back from your observation and research, how do you think the pandemic affected people's dining behavior? And do you think it's going to last? Mm. Uh, food is a crucial part to Hong Kong's culture and our everyday life. And getting food and drinks from our FMP outlets has long been a staple for Hong Kongers. With the anti-pandemic regulations, which have at times restricted dine-in and restaurants and a heightened sense of personal hygiene, um, many have turned to buy takeaway or food delivery as substitutes. Uh, that said, bringing their own reusable food containers remains an uncommon practice for most Hong Kongers. From what we observe, it owes mostly to convenience, um, many of them may see reusable containers and then as an extra item to carry around and wash after eating, while a lot of restaurants may prefer using single-use containers for easier operations and efficiency. And this has resulted in an increased amount of single-use food containers, an issue that has persisted in Hong Kong, alongside other waste issues such as food waste, and these issues have exacerbated due to the pandemic. And according to a research conducted by Greenness Action, a local green NGO, the amount of single-use plastic tableware proliferated to over 100 million pieces every week during the initial stages of pandemic lockdown in 2020. Mm. So as a developer with F&B tenants in our shopping malls and office of portfolios, where over 90% of waste we collected is generated by tenants, building users and customers, we've been working with our tenants through various initiatives to help them reduce waste and lower our environmental impact together. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Green uh, Kitchen Initiative? How did the initiative come to be and what's the aim? Sure, Cosmo. For F&B tenants, um, kitchen design equipment are key to help them achieve the most energy efficient and sustainable operations. Therefore, we established the Green Kitchen Initiative as a dedicated platform to help our F&B tenants start with the greenest possible kitchen design and setup. So well, before renovation begin, Swire Properties team shared our Green Kitchen technical guidelines and worked closely with these tenants to introduce energy and water efficient appliances and systems to save resources, reduce waste, and improve indoor air quality and thermal comfort for the staff and customers. 
our teams work with tenants throughout the whole design and renovation process to ensure the tenants receive technical support and guidance to keep sustainability top of mind. So after all the green design features and measures are validated, we'll recognize these tenants with a green kitchen award, either one leaf, two leaf or three leaf. So three leaf being the highest recognition for actively adopting recommendations in our green kitchen technical guidelines. Through the Green Kitchen Initiative, we hope to not only provide sustainability guidance to tenants, but also help them to raise the benefits of going green in their operations. Hmm. So we as diners, we can walk by and look for a green leaf or two or three, right? Yeah, the green leaf in a certification will be presented normally at the entrance of these green kitchens. You will easily to, to look for those, yeah. Okay, that's great. And the initiative doesn't only look after waste, but it also helps to improve the air quality, energy efficiency, and other aspects that contribute towards climate change. Yeah, it is. So is one of the, I know we, we've spoken with, for instance, the Jockey Club, which has done a lot of work, I think, on kitchens as well. And there's, there's things we know that where uh, programs where they actually measure um, help you measure your waste. So for instance, you code in, this is a mushroom, right? And then you put it in the bin, it weighs it, et cetera, and mm -hmm. things like that. It, are those ki the kinds of things also that you're implementing or? Yeah, yeah. So I can talk, talk about a little bit more about how the program has been received so far. The Green Kitchen Initiative were first established in 2018 um, and over 60 FNB tenants now in Hong Kong and our Chinese mainland portfolio have received our Green Kitchen Awards. And 28 of them have been recognized with the highest uh, three-leaf rating. And this year we wrote our updates to the Green Kitchen Evaluation Framework, with so-called Green Kitchen 2.0, um, based on our implementation experience. Actually, we're raising the bar uh, in the initiative recognition system. For example, we shortlist some impactful quick wins measures, such as energy efficient lightning, water-saving faucets and food waste recycling, as we mentioned about recycling, as prerequisites for earning the Green Kitchen uh, points and title. We also see an increased uptake of our Green Kitchen technical guidelines amongst some major restaurant chains in Hong Kong. So positive response from the market um, reassures us you know, of the Green Kitchen initiative effectiveness in strengthening the landlord and tenant partnership um, to reach a shared sustainability goals. So apart from the Green Kitchen Initiative, we also work closely with our existing F&B tenants to recycle food waste, as food waste is a significant component of waste sent to landfill in Hong Kong daily. From our past waste audits, food uh, waste could account up to 80% of waste generated in a shopping mall. So in 2021, I'm happy to share that, you know, 70% of our F&B tenants across our portfolio has already participated in our food waste recycling program. And the food waste collected is then sent to the government's old park, an organic resources recovery center for conversion into compost and also biogas for energy generation. Going back to the thing about the pandemic, so about takeout behavior, I've heard that you're going to relaunch your coffee cup rental scheme coming up in July. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? How does it work? Yes, uh, waste is a huge issue in, in Hong Kong, and we have always been looking for ways to reduce waste in our portfolios. Um, with a large office worker community in Taiko Place and takeaway coffees, you know, being a staple for many office workers, we saw a waste reduction opportunity here by simply providing a reusable cup solution to substitute the use of single-use coffee cups. So in 2020, we began a partnership with a green startup called Muse 
to introduce Hong Kong's first uh, smart reusable cup concept network in Taiku Place called Cory Bay. Users can simply borrow Muse cups when ordering beverage at a partner F&B tenants, basically by scanning the QR code on a cup with the Muse mobile app. And after they enjoy the drink, users can return the cups and lead at any return stations in Taiku Place. And we install many of them within within the portfolio. And the initiative is currently suspended due to pandemic, unfortunately. And we're looking to relaunch it this summer very soon with a wider product range, such as cups that are more suitable for specialty coffee outlets. And I exploring the possibility to even introduce smart takeaway food containers later in the year. Oh, that would be great. I think that the reusable solution is very essential in switching people yeah. away from use. I think it's the results that'll be the most interesting, right? Because here you're you're opening up and you're giving the opportunity for reusability, both in your cups and your takeaway. So the question will be how many people pick it up, right? You know, you guys as, as the property managers are providing this service now. So let's just hope that Trash Talk listeners, make sure that you do it in Taikushing and <laughs> the many Swire properties Taikushing, around yes. town. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, po the program has gained traction, you know, among, among a lot of our eco-conscious uh, office community in Hong Kong, in, in Taiku Place. We, we first launched, launched the program in November 2020. In, in 16 months, we saved over 14,000 single-use coffee cups from being sent to landfills. And we also, you know, did a customer survey and results tell us that over 80% of users consider sustainability as the most important factor in the decision to use the reusable cup. And user, a user also shared with us very interestingly that the system has enabled him to have a guilt-free coffee experience and illustrating that reuse is a, is a viable option amongst customers who are increasingly you know, sustainability conscious. And our reuse network expanded to include eight F&B outlets within Taiku Place in 2021. And we are working to further expand this network to more um, F&B outlets in the near future. Um, as we continue to expand the program, we will work closely with Muse to further streamline the borrow and return process and incorporate more options and rewards for using the systems. Well, I, ha I have to ask though, so, Patrick, so what do you think, what is the motivation like, what is it that motivates Swire to take these kinds of initiatives? I, I know that ESG is important to companies now, but to take these initiatives a little bit above and beyond maybe what some of your competitors are doing. Yeah, this is a good question. Um, actually, sustainable de development is very central to side property business philosophy and company culture. And it's just integrated into, I can say, every facet of a business actually guided by a strategy we call it Sustainable Development um, 2030 Strategy, SE2030 Strategy. It was launched in 2016. So one of our major um, sustainability commitments in recent years is that we have established a decarbonization pathway that is aligned with limiting global warming within 1.5 degrees Celsius. This is the so-called, we call it science-based target. They have set, helped set a set near-term carbon reduction targets that supports the Paris Agreement and also put the company on the right path to reaching net zero emissions by 2050. So not only we have set targets to reduce energy consumption from our own operations, we have also set a reduction target for emissions generated from our tenants' operation, so-called scope-free emissions. So it is therefore important for us to continuously collaborate innovatively with our tenants to help them operate in a more sustainable manner. It's also inspire behavioral change among our tenants, their employees, and customers. 
and together we achieve the sustainability vision and goals. And maybe um, to toot your horn a little bit, Swire's the only Hong Kong company, I believe, listed on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. So I guess yeah, an advantage exactly. with that is all those ESG funds want to invest in your company too. <laughs> yes, in fact, yeah, the green financing is actually booming in the recent years and we have enjoyed, uh, it's also benefited from doing our sustainability works well from green financing. Mm. And Patrick, is there any other waste reduction initiative or tips that you can share with our listener about how do they reduce their everyday waste? Yeah, I think I will share, you know, how individuals' behavior on diet would help an environment. I think uh, it's more important to aware of the agricultural activities, including crop and livestock production from food contributes quite a lot, up to 11% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, according to the IPCC of the United Nations. So as a consumer, if we can adopt a low carbon diet that would help uh, the problem. I would suggest three tips to share with the uh, listeners today. Uh, the first one is eat less meat. Um, I think ruminant animals like cattle and lamb have the highest carbon impact per gram of protein, as these animals emit methane, a very potent greenhouse gas. So to substitute, we may select poultry or fish or vegetables, which have a relatively lower carbon impact. And the second tip is to eat seasonal and local. You know, select seasonal food that's sourced in the region more locally, are always fresher and low carbon due to less transportation and refrigeration involved. And thirdly, of course, is to bring your own food F&B container for takeaway. So this will reduce the single-use plastics. And many restaurants at a portfolio now offer special discounts to customers to promote this bring your own you know, consumer trend. And finally, you could always leverage on the power and influence as a consumer and give constructive feedback to the restaurants and creating the demand for them to gradually include more um, sustainable practices in their daily operations. To conclude, right, one of the most effective ways to help reduce weight is to eliminate single-use plastics. Uh, in the case of the food industry, promoting adopting reuse is an obvious avenue. We hope that more reusable container solutions will become available in Hong Kong, make it be, making it more widely adopted to help address the city's waste issue. And with the municipal solid waste charging legislation coming into force next year, expectedly, throwing away your trash will come at a price. We hope that the implementation of this legislation will serve as an opportunity for the business community to re rethink how they operate and also incentivize rate re waste reduction and recycling behavior in order to achieve a long-term sustainable development of Hong Kong. Yeah, let's hope so. Okay, Trash Talk listeners, so don't forget to use your reusable cups when you go to a Swire property and also, which they're relaunching again, and keep a lookout for the reusable takeout. We can't wait to hear what the results are for that. Yeah, we'll work on that. Patrick and Cosmo, both of you, thanks so much for, for joining the show. It was really fun. Thank you very much. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. 
Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. And she was talking a little bit more about how the takeaway culture has impacted the, the waste landscape here in Hong Kong. And she was talking to the Senior Manager of Sustainable Development of Swire Properties, Patrick Ho. Thank you so much, Marcy.